0: Jeremy Dutcher on Co-op Radio 100.7 FM in Vancouver. Co-op Radio, welcome to Conscious Living. I just want to tell you a little bit more about him. I'm Tasha Sims, and I'm here with Mark Cron and uh, Jeremy. I just he blew me away. I just found his music over the weekend. Um, He's from the Tobiqua, First Nations in New Brunswick, classically trained tenor and composer. And weaves uh, traditional indigenous songs with classical jazz and electronic. He's also an active community organizer with both indigenous and LGBT communities, and he helped coordinate the first national gathering on Two Spirit reconciliation. Truly, an artist worth exploring. You're welcome. So, Jeremy Dutcher, yeah, check him out. I, I, he just blew me away. So, Mark, hey, yes, good news. Good news! I love good news. <laughs> I know because that's what we're doing. Where's our jingle? Where's our has jingle? anyone sent it's in a jingle news, yet? Good news! Good unconscious news! Unconscious living. Okay, here's good news: the world is actually becoming a better place. So, while a significant part of the world population has lived under miserable conditions throughout most of human history, the good news is more than three hundred thousand people a day are getting access to electricity and clean water for the first time. Life expectancy continues to rise. Child mortality continues to fall. I love it. 300,000 people a day are getting access
1: to what we take for granted. That's
0: right. Amazing, Every day huh? Of our More people. Here's another piece of good news: are living in democracies now. Forget about the politics, but the point is, there's some freedom in a democracy. So, um, throughout most of human history, people lived under oppressive, non-democratic regimes. And today, about half of the human population is living in democracy. Um, and out of those still living in aut- autocracy, ninety percent are in China which I thought was an interesting stat. Mm -hmm. Wow. Cool, huh? Yeah. So we're getting freer, we're living longer, more kids are surviving, and then I think this one that you're going to talk about kind of adds to our beautiful picture of good news. Yeah, it really does. It's kind of the
1: icing on the cake where conflicts are on the decline. In fact, at least two of the world's largest powers have been at war with each other more than 50% of the time since about fifteen hundred. And now while the, in the early 20th century um, was especially brutal, and now with two world wars and rapid succession, the post-war period has been very peaceful for the first time ever. There has been no war or conflict in Western Europe in about three generations, and international organizations, including the uh, European Union and the UN, have led a lot more stable world.
0: Interesting, Interesting, right? Yeah. But it's true. We, it sort of went bang, bang, bang with the World War One and Two and um, everything that was going on. And then, although there's been a lot of turmoil, there hasn't been the level of conflict mm-hmm. that there was in those World Wars. Yeah. So, neat, so, huh? So.
1: Going, everything's
0: moving in the right direction. I want to jingle because when we finish, I want to hear, you know, that little, like... I'm little, working on it. I've talked to a couple right.
1: of people. Well, We'll see what happens.
0: So tonight, our guest this evening, she's um, calling into the studio from, I can only assume, someplace wonderful in Europe. I Anywhere in Europe in to me is... Oh, come on. Not how perfect is that? We'll find out in a second. <laughs> Sarah Jennings. She works internationally in the UK, South Africa, Switzerland, as well as online as a transformational energy worker with Aura Transformation. Transformation. She's an aura mediator instructor, a leap kinesiologist, and the inventor of heart renewal. She has a background in business development, and her gift is in helping people embrace their true essence, no matter how far gone or faded and fine-tune their energetic potential to masterful levels. She's laying a foundation on her current tour for the next wave of aura mediators who are ready to train and work with aura transformation and crystal and indigo energies. So we'll be talking about that this evening as well as exploring how this modality has the incredible ability to expand consciousness, not only of individuals, but of all of humanity. And if this excites you, um, she is going to be in town, May 13th to 26th. We'll tell you more about that in just a bit. Welcome to the show, Sarah.
2: Hi, thank you so much. Can you hear me okay?
0: We can. And so are you in Spain?
2: Brilliant. I am actually in Spain. I arrived <laughs> today. It's actually it's actually three in the morning, and I've um, had a little sleep and put the alarm on <laughs> so that I could talk to you.
1: What a trooper. Well, I, I love that about you, Sarah, that you're, you're committed to your craft. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Very much
1: so.
0: And so what city <laughs> Thank are so you in? So much for the introduction. Yeah. Um,
2: I'm actually in, in um, Malaga. Mm-hmm. Flew into Malaga. Lovely. And I'm actually um, at a chiropractor's conference, which is, I'm not a chiropractor, but I'm here supporting some friends.
0: Mm-hmm. So I love when we start talking about energy on this show, having worked um, with energy and understanding the profound Uh, impact it can have in people's lives and how transformational it is. So I'm curious, let's start at the beginning. Let's start with your story personally, how you got involved in this field.
2: Of course, thank you. Um, It was about 10 years ago where I, I was basically burning the candles at every end possible. I think I'd reached levels of Emotional spiritual physical burnout on you know every level I was a, a single mum and I was working in the wrong job for me um, it was just long drives, and I was maybe surrounding myself with not the most you know the most healthy people that didn't really you know they weren't, we weren't encouraging each other to shine at our brightest and I just think that life felt very overwhelming, very difficult, and not Purposeless. I always wanted to change the world, but it felt like I hadn't found a way to do that. And I tried activism. I tried working for charities. I tried working for NGOs. And it just something didn't quite feel like I was having the impact that I thought I might have one day. And but because my health was deteriorating with my lifestyle and just being too much all the time, um, it, it felt like I'd actually been I was failing myself. So I, I started trying to follow a passion, which was, you know, the energy work. You know, that I was just practicing on friends and I was just maybe playing with some tarot cards. And I kind of thought there's something in this. And um, I put my hands on a friend's head once when she'd hurt herself. And we both jumped back, like, what is that energy? So I started exploring it in a much more depth. And then I realized that I need to make some changes in my life to pursue this. But I kept. I felt so stuck in the lifestyle I was in. It was very difficult to come out of it. Um, and one day, I actually had the the worst wake up call ever, which was falling downstairs from top to bottom and almost crippling myself. And then realizing, you know, something really has to shift now. It was really. I, I could hear. I don't know if it was my higher self or angels or my conscience. I don't know. It was just saying, "Can you?" Here is now. You really need to change now. This has to stop. So I actually couldn't work for nine months. And in that nine months, I was able to, I suppose you could say birth a new me. I actually spent the whole time doing a full life review. I think I cried more tears than ever in that nine months. And was just really coming to a place of... um, of becoming proud of myself, of healing all the old wounds in terms of, you know, my behaviors when people had hurt me. And it was just like a very long slog. But even after this nine months of trying to heal myself and doing the dark night of the soul, there were some things that just didn't seem to, I couldn't quite achieve on my own. And one of those was that I had no energy protection. I could tell that something was wrong with my aura. I, I had to do um, energy work on myself every day. I had to eat certain foods. I had to, I just had to have like a rigorous spiritual practice just to be able to, you know, function for the full day. And I knew that there must be something wrong if I can't keep my energy to myself or have enough energy by the end of the day. So that was one of my first question marks to the universe. Like what what, what can I do to, um, increase my energy protection or work with my energy field. I wasn't, I don't think I was even using the word aura at the time. And then I also realized that after nine months of this spiritual work, I still couldn't achieve levels of forgiveness that Mm -hmm. I thought I should be able to. So I was just angry still at the same people and I couldn't quite shift it so I knew there was something else that was it was almost like the the anger or lack of forgiveness was stuck in my energy field
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it would trigger um just at the na- a name or you know hearing of an old story it would just all go off in my energy field so right. I knew that there was maybe like PTSD or something like that. Um, So so
0: just before we go on, though, I want to make sure we're including listeners who might not be as savvy as, you know, most of our listeners would would know what you're talking about when you say aura and energy field, but there might be some who don't. So let's just define it and include everyone in the conversation. Can you do that as we go along? Great. Yeah,
2: definitely, definitely. So, I mean, if I'm talking about the aura, we're we're talking about your, your personal radiance the energy that you put out and um the the auras are full of functions it it helps us connect to people it helps us um it helps us put out into the world the messages we want to put out so if we have a lot of unprocessed emotion emotions we haven't looked at in the past uh things that that seem to come up for us often they often actually are recorded in the energy field and in the aura so the clearer you can become energetically the the clearer your communication is and the clearer your connections are with others um
0: and can i just throw that? in yeah i think that's really helpful but i'll if i can throw in a piece and tell me if you if you disagree for sure disagree but yeah, of course. um my understanding, too, as we have a physical body, we also have subtle bodies, or bodies that can't be necessarily seen with the naked eye, but can be experienced. And that's what you mean when you're talking about energy fields, so fields of energy outside of the physical body, right? Yes, okay. yes,
2: definitely. And just that there's so many of those subtle bodies, I think, you know, the function of the aura is so many that we probably can't even name all the functions of an aura. You know, there's a the part of it that, might allow, help us blossom or help us feel motivated or there's just so many areas that the aura can cover. It's just that we can't see it and it's really hard to define mm-hmm. put a, a, a flag on an energy.
0: And yet everyone feels it. Someone walks into the room going through something, it's like it radiates. You know your friend without saying a word. You know if they're down exactly. or you know when somebody's angry. Yeah. Yeah,
2: definitely. You can just feel it. You mm-hmm. can feel the, the vibrations from that. And okay. that's why people... Yeah,
0: no, yeah. no, go ahead. That's why I people... That's
2: why people are attracted. Um, when, when people have an aura transformation, I have to explain to people at the end of the session that people might look at you a lot more or stare, like mm. not realizing they're staring or that even children might stare because it's um, so much brighter. <laughs> that right. People can't help but notice something is different.
0: Right Okay, so back to you You're playing around with energy You're knowing You're noticing You're doing all this work And yet There are still areas Pockets of I assume Repetition in the triggering And it's incomplete Somehow Something's missing So then what?
2: Something's missing I'm having to work on myself Every day Just to feel okay Mm -hmm. You know Just to function Mm -hmm. Um, And actually We call that Building a temporary aura So people that have Very little auric protection Anymore so they've kind of blown the protective part of their energy field. Um, so it's just people have to kind of do stuff to themselves, whether it's meditation or exercise or whatever it is, just to be able to function in the world and have enough energy protection. But some people struggle with that even. And, and per- then they're overwhelmed.
0: What do you mean by protection?
2: So, So I have to just put like a little statement in the different modalities call the same thing, different words. So in this modality, in aura transformation, um, we call the protective layer the etheric layer. So I know I am aware that other people will point at that and call it something else. (laughs) But that's what we call that. Um, Thin band, it's like a thin band. If you can see it, if you have like clairvoyant abilities, it's often like a, a, a band of almost light, even when it's damaged, it still looks like filaments of light around the physical body. So it's like very close to the physical body. Mm-hmm. And what's been going on is that with our lifestyles and with the way that we live our lives and just with the big shift in consciousness, the the etheric layer is starting to frazzle and fray for many people. But in my own story, I think I was pretty much um, responsible for blowing it up <laughs> my own <laughs> aura. Um, Just the way I, just the the lifestyle I was leading, and you know, it was just like very burnt out. And I also had a a small child, so her frequency and energy was also contributing to fazzling my energy field. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad it did because it led me to this work in the end.
0: (laughs) And so, oral transformation. Where is it from? Who created this modality?
2: So it was created in the like 1996 by a lady called Annie Senov and in Denmark. And you were just talking about at the beginning of the show how the quality of life and, you know, things are changing for people and around the world and particularly in Denmark at the time and still now they have a high quality of living and I think that that contributed partly to the modality being able to rise from there. Um, and it's it's an interesting story because it ha- I think it happened... Not so much by accident, but by maybe miracle. I don't know. But she was with a friend, and they. She knew this Annie Senov uh, knew that there was something fundamentally wrong with her energy field. That she was she had a, a skin condition so bad that she was in and out of hospital all the time, and she really could not hold her energy in. And it was almost like she was like her edges were sort of disintegrating in a way, and she was in and out of the hospital and then realized that something had to be done and her and a friend who was also a healer went into a a sort of you know meditative trance and the friend held annie's ankles and annie just knew um deep down that she had to release the old or what we call the old aura that was Damaged and broken and just not functioning anymore in the way that it should. And then she was able to draw on this crystal indigo, well, the indigo energy at the time, which I can explain in a moment, and was able to pull this around her as a much stronger magnetism and much like her, and really bring her uh, higher dimensional self much closer to the body and have this new protection. And it was a miraculous. Um, change for her in terms of her skin condition and then eventually people lining up at her door saying we don't know what you've done but we need it too mm-hmm. and th- and then the oral mediator courses began then so it's been very much Scandinavian um, you know in Scandinavia and it's been spreading across Europe over the last 10-15 years and now this way, America, Canada,
0: and I know I read one of one of your clients um, had a testimonial where she described it as she said, "Wow, it feels like taking off an old, shabby, weathered, frayed, gray, somber cloak and swapping it for a sparkly, magnetic, brand new protective cloak." Which I just thought that w- that visual gives me a sensation of it, it's kind of like, "Yes, please, like <laughs> give me some of that." <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it can be such a, an amazing, beautiful, life-changing process for people because it isn't about the treatment itself. That's a really lovely thing that you do at the beginning, but the, the, the treatment itself sets off a process that takes maybe nine months to a year and a half to crystal, call it crystallized. So it actually takes time for the whole thing to really take hold and take place. and uh, So it's just... I mean, for me, it was, I mean, life-saving, completely life-saving. so I, mean, I can go back a little bit to where I was with that, with this, where I, what happened with me, if that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then was, I, I'd love yeah. to move into the specifics of what this, how one, um, what the process is exactly.
2: Of course, yeah. Well, that's what, it's a bit helpful to, if I just quickly finish off the, Mm-hmm. What happened with me? It does. It sort of illustrates what can go wrong with an old aura. <laughs> um, so I had the lack of protection. I had the the triggers and the looping, like you said, of you know old like rage and anger for, from situations in my life, and I was trying everything to heal them. You know, like all the spiritual practices, mm-hmm. and it just seemed to be stuck in the energy field somehow. And that's because we call it old aura. Um, It is like a a, a record of everything we've ever done. And if we don't have ways of releasing that or processing it, it gets kind of full (laughs) and stuck. Um, I also had loads of negative thought, this is interesting, like a lot of negative thought patterns that after a lot of inquiry, I realized were actually not my voice. They were ancestral imprints, like repeating thought patterns or Attitudes that were in my ancestral line. But knowing that did not change them. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I was, you know, it was, it was very interesting to be like, wow, I figured it out. And then, well, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. So I was left with all of this and realized there must be something out there. There must be uh, something beyond, like, the Reiki um, things that I was trying to do because it wasn't fixing the aura and it wasn't getting rid of these things. So I... I asked the question and then heard about aura transformation and I knew instantly, it just hit me like, oh my gosh, that is what I'll be working with. That is what I need like desperately to do because it had all of that and, you know, new protection, um, aligning with the crystal indigo children and I had a crystal child. Um, it was a clearing ancestral karmic imprint, but it had it all on the on the cover, you know, and I had it done and just incredible that within hours, of the session I, I've, and since I have never heard those negative thought patterns that were ancestral imprints that were plugged in to my aura so they're gone and, and it's not the same experience for every single person because maybe they have to process on something else before that can happen um, but, but often people mention how quiet their mind is after the aura transformation because they're also unplugging from their mind being plugged into the collective consciousness in the same way So there's so much, actually, we could probably talk for weeks (laughs) 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 about all the different facets of what can happen within a world transformation. But I haven't had to do all the, you know, um, doing a daily practice to to work on my energy just to have enough protection. I don't have to do that at all. I just feel a much stronger protection and radiance. And people, yeah, will notice that there's something about your energy field, that's different children and babies. They they all
1: turn their heads and stare. And and it's definitely not just at me, it's definitely people that have had the aura transformation that say the same thing. So, Sarah, I have a question for you. Hi. (laughs) Yeah, it's Mark. Um, On your before and after picture, they're, they're, they're so very profoundly different. You can see the change. How long did that change take from when you took that first picture to? Where your second, your after picture, you're just like all lit up. You're clean and clear. There, it's you can see the energy and feel it in there.
0: And tell our listeners where they can also look at this. Otherwise, it, okay. Yeah, don't there, know what there's you're a before about. and
1: after picture on consciouslivingradio.org. Um, you can see the before and after picture there. But it, it's it's quite profoundly amazing. I'm just curious the transition because part of it you say it's a you know nine months or so. Um, how long did that take for you?
2: well uh, the the picture that you have is one i up, I updated the my before and after pictures because the ones on my website are a bit different than that I, I use the same before picture. the ones you 've got there are there 's five years difference in the two photos, but if you on my the old ones I used to use, the before and after, there was six months between the before picture, which is the one you can see and the after picture, and even that was a marked difference and I, I know that Two months after my oral transformation, my mum, uh, I saw my mum, she lives in Switzerland and she was shocked, she cried when she saw me because the change was so profound already after two months. And, you know, you can really see where people, I don't know if this uh, for your listeners, if they've heard of soul fragmentation before, when parts of our spirit energy uh, think that life on earth is too hard or a situation in their childhood is too difficult. So, we frag little parts of ourselves, fragment off or away. And that's what we're doing in an aura transformation is bringing in all the parts of the person's spirit energy in and around the body. And what takes time is the crystallizing of that spirit energy into every cell in the body. That is the thing that takes time.
0: And why is the soul fragmenting the way you describe it? Because I work with parts a lot, but I use the term differently. I, I uh, work with developmental parts so like inner child and teenager or victim energy all these different um, well victims not developmental but certainly the teenager and the child are developmental aspects of the human condition that are often held in the body and quite young so growing them up becomes a very important piece but you're not talking about those parts you're talking about spiritual fragments is that right yeah i'm
2: talking about Um, how we use our energy and what happens to our energy when there's a trauma or um, so for example, we're we're in a culture where we give a lot of energy and maybe struggle to receive energy. So we're, we're putting a lot of effort and time into partners or friends or school or whatever. So that's one aspect of bringing back your energy is bringing back the actual like fuel and vitality that you've spent in the world. But then there's also this other part of our energy, which is maybe a bit more less, you know, like uh, tangible or known. And that would be, well, the consciousness or spirit fragment, if that's a way of putting it. Um, So shamans might talk about soul retrieval. So it's very similar to a soul retrieval, except there's many more parts to do with the aura transformation. But that first part of an aura transformation is drawing in all the energy that you've been spending in the universe, but also these fragments of your spirit energy, which are just parts of yourself that need reintegrating or, or healing. So, for example, if you were told to be quiet all the time as a three-year-old or something like that, maybe you made a little pact with yourself to never speak and speak again or in public again or, you know, some sort of throat, throat area... Um, Closure. So during an aura transformation, we would collect all the parts of the energy that had made that little contract of themselves. So we might go and do almost like inner child work, I suppose, retrieve all the times that that little boy never spoke, or all the times that he closed his throat off from communication and expression. So
0: mm-hmm. it's
2: healing, on so it's very multidimensional healing, really. In that we we're looking at every angle of someone's energy it's, it's really about coming to sovereignty and so a, you know really owning your energy
0: and so when you heal on this energetic level are you saying then you don't have to necessarily do the emotional work because what you're talking about if you know the example you used about the child not speaking and um, to me that's psychological emotional also are you yeah. saying that if you did yeah. this energetic you don't have to do that or you have to do it as well that this That's
2: a great question, and I, I love that question because people often, you know, they get a bit triggered by what we're talking about in aura transformation because it seems so like, you know, like such a big change and everything will be perfect afterwards, and it's really not that. The aura transformation is a platform of like a step into being able and having the energy and capacity to do the healing work you're supposed right. to do. Right. So we're not, it's not like the magic wand that just erases everything. It's actually giving you the, the tool or the, the, the space and energy to do the 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 work that you've come to do and come to understand
0: of yourself right well i'm glad we touched on that we've got to take a short break we're going to be back in a minute and i really want to get into how this um aura transformation works we're uh, speaking with sarah jennings and the track we're going to play right now medicine rising appalachia you're listening to conscious living radio 100.5 fm in vancouver
4: It's rooted in compliance. To stand firm in loving defiance. Make archer alliance. Give voice to the fire. Move people to the beat of the wind. Gather yourself and begin to dance the song until it ends. We are winners, champions of the light. Forming in numbers and might. Keep the truth close in sight. And woman, medicine man. Walk in with grace. I know your face, and I trust your hands. Medicine woman, medicine man. Walking with grace, I know your face, and I trust your hands. Find your teachers in the voice of the forest. Some plug you can't ignore this wisdom of the voiceless. Remedies and surround us from the garden to the farthest, prayer made of stardust. Find your healing in the music that calls you, the voice that enthralls you. What do you belong to? Eyes up, there's the setting of the sun. Give thanks to each and every one. The lesson is the medicine woman, medicine man. Walk in with grace. I know your face and I trust your hand. Medicine woman, medicine man, walking with grace, I know your face and I trust your hand. That next inning, my draft trip back into the message is in action. The artist is feeding, stop, start the disbelieving, cause the garden holds the shards, the medicine is in the seeds. We hold tight to our right to protect, and we know our might is tenfold in connection. Our elders hold them bright lights, we protect them. The medicine is evident, the wolf the hawk, the bear clan. We hold tight to our right to protect them. We know our might is tenfold in connection. Our elders hold them bright lights, we protect them. The medicine is evidence, the wolf the hawk the medicine woman. Medicine man Walking with grace, I know your face, and I trust your hand. Medicine woman, medicine man, walking with grace, I know your face and I trust your hand.
3: listening to vancouver co-op radio 100.5 cfro we are a non-commercial station bringing you voices and stories and perspectives you probably won't hear elsewhere we are supported by members and by donations you can become a member by going to our website at www.coopradio.org if you like what you hear but don't want to be a member that's cool too you can still help by clicking on the donate arrow at the top right of the website Co op Radio, thanks you for listening and for helping
0: build our community of listeners and programmers. And we at Conscious Living Radio would really appreciate it if you went on that page, joined Co op Radio, and we got more members. Be part of the community building that we're all about here. I mean, so many people are in isolation. It's really great when we can come together and. support each other's voices and, and truth and it's a community thing supported by our listeners so mm-hmm. yeah, please support co radio so we're speaking with sarah jennings um she is an aura transformational uh facilitator and she calls her work the royals royce of energy healing on the planet which is kind of a cool term so let's find out just how it works
2: Thanks, for, uh, thanks for all this. It's really—I just love talking about this work. There's just so many threads that we've already opened up. I'm like I know. trying to think about how how to bring it all together. Um, so the—do uh, you mean how the session works? Uh, like, if you were to well, book a session, what happened? Is that what you mean?
0: I or do want—I do want to touch on that. But here's the part that kind of—maybe we'll start here because this is the one that made me go, what? Um, Having worked with energy, and many people who have, are they're very familiar with a uh, seven chakra energy system. Oh, yeah. And it's a way of gathering information. So when I hear you say you do this work and you don't have seven chakras, you have one, my first hit is, well, I guess I'd be out of work. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> what does that mean? Because to me, th- the beauty of the seven is that each one represents different emotional energetic uh, issues and so you're gathering the unconscious gathers information when the body responds and has a sensation in a particular chakra so if all that goes blip what's working with one chakra what does that mean and how would you work with it as, as Mark said on break you'd put all the gurus out of business <laughs>
2: <laughs> well in in a way that's true because I think the main one of the biggest messages of the aura transformation or crystal energy and the indigo energy is it's about being your own master and your own guru really tapping into your own wisdom and uh, that's what you can see in those before and after photos Is you know, I, I'm people with the aura transmission. They have possession of their own energy. They're not giving it away to others. Or um, it, it's, it's a very different way of circulating energy around yourself and taking responsibility for your energy. And so, the, I mean, we have to go backwards a few steps in terms of where how does this work? <laughs> um, because I think we need to explain. Um, the indigo crystal children phenomena uh, right. and, and then that would explain why the aura is different so you know we, I, I think we could all agree that for many you know hundreds of years been, there's been prophecies of a big change coming uh, whether it was 2012 or the end of the world or the Mayans or the astrological calendar changing there's just been we, we know that there's a shift in consciousness happening and and it's been long awaited and actually what annie senov found or what people not just annie senov i would say people that write authors on consciousness have been saying this since the indigo children and the indigo energy arrived on the planet so it's not just annie senov that created indigo crystal children it was like all over the the world at around the same time that there was people were noticing that the auras of the children were different So our belief is that there isn't just some children are indigos and some children are crystal. It's that all children born in a certain period of time have the indigo energy. Obviously, give or take a few years here and there, you can't draw a line in the sand. Um, And then that all children born after a certain amount of time are also crystal children. So it's not um, some and not others. Uh, and what we see is that there's a difference in the way that their auras function and how they connect to each other and how they connect to their higher self. So there's some differences. And that's why, um, well, my website has a lot of information, but I'm doing a talk on the 14th and in Vancouver because then I can at least put pictures up and illustrate all the different aspects and functions of the indigo and the crystal auras and what we're doing in an aura transformation is giving adults of today the opportunity to dissolve what we call the old aura and then we integrate the indigo crystal energy so it is a, it is different and that's where the chakras change <laughs> so in the old aura there's the seven chakras the etheric astral and lower mental layers of the aura and the higher self is sort of You could imagine connected by a string above the head somewhere, you know, like it's floating outside of the aura. Mm. And then in the, the indigo children, they have their spirit energy around their body and they have three chakras. And the crystal children have their highest self and spirit energy in every cell of the body. So like in the body. They're completely embodied, and they have one big heart chakra. You could actually say that their aura is one big heart chakra. And so I've been doing research on this myself, like out of personal interest, and I have a scientifically-minded friend. And what, what I've figured and understood, actually he's a chiropractor, um, what we figured out is that, yes, in the physical body, there are nerve centers called plexi um, you know, from the nervous system and hormonal centers that match and correspond with the seven chakras that you were were talking about. So I do agree that in my body there are energy centers in the traditional Mm -hmm. chakra position, Mm -hmm. but in the energy field is where the difference lies with the Mm -hmm. crystal children and people that have an aura transformation. So instead of trying to spin seven plates and process seven centers of emotional content and possibly blockages and shadows and all of that when you have the aura transformation you can see in my after picture that there's a clarity and a balance and a simplicity to the energy it's so much simpler to filter information through the heart and out of the heart I hope that helps answer the question
0: <laughs> it does it does um and just let's give them some dates so they have an awareness of of when uh-huh. you're t- what these time yeah. periods are for the indigo kids. Do you want to just cover yeah. that? yeah,
2: yeah, so we'll start with them um, the old aura um when we have like a cut off kind of period, which is nineteen eighty seven so they, the crystal, the indigo crystal children or the new time energy wave actually started earlier than the dates we'd expected, like the, you know, 2012, 2012 and all that kind of thing. So in 1987 is when we say, if you were born before 87, you have the old aura. Obviously, give and take, people have a lot of indigo energy before or have still the old aura after uh, those dates, but it's very individual an aura mediator will be able to tell what kind of energy mix they have. So 1987 is the old aura. We have then the transition kids, and I work a lot with them. They're born between 87 and 94. They have their foot in the indigo energy. They have the indigo energy, but they still have parts or most of the old aura around the indigo energy. So they actually really struggle in the world. They have kind of like one foot in each camp. And it's actually really tough for them. And then the indigos are born 1995 to 2004. And then there's transition kids again, which is 2004 till nine. So they have one foot in indigo energy and they are going towards the crystal energy. So all indigos will eventually crystallize to a crystal aura as they grow up. Um, and crystal children were born 2009 onwards. And then there's another wave of crystal golden children born in 2013 onwards.
0: And how do you know this?
2: How do we know this? So I think that crystal and indigo children have been talked about by so many, so many different authors and writers and people from all over the world started seeing it. I just know it from my experience of transitioning through those different stages, you know, from going, from having you know, the old aura that was pretty much falling apart to then almost overnight having a miraculous shift in my being and then what happened to me over time and then seeing and recognizing it in my my crystal child. And actually when she, when I had the aura transformations, she was sick. and she was actually able to understand the whole theory and all about it so well that she could look at someone and tell me what their aura was like or if they needed an aura transformation or if they were not ready and she totally and crystal and indigo children they just get it when you explain what's going on with their auras and what the changes and shifts are they're like oh yeah that makes total sense because if you think about it i would say that the indigo they 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 were teenagers they're kind of coming into young adulthood now Those indigos have been labelled as provocative, difficult, um, reactive, depressed, anxiety, ADHD, like a whole plethora of labels have been given to that generation. And actually, if you talk to them and explain to them that actually you've come here as the avant-garde to show us how our institutions and structures are not working and you actually have a deep sense of balance deep inside you that means that you feel injustice so deeply that you react, whether it's in behaviour or in health or skin or emotions. So actually it helps these indigo young adults and teenagers to understand that they've come here with a mission and that the labels they've been given are maybe possibly unfair and also they have come for that those reactive behaviors are coming from a beautiful place actually rather than a place of dysfunction. Mm
0: -hmm. And so if someone was to, um, you're coming in on the 14th and you're going to give a talk and then you're, are you doing a workshop or just available for private sessions?
2: Okay, so the aim of this trip actually is to do as many private sessions as possible to get as many people or transformed as possible. And then I'm hoping that some of those people are the next wave of aura mediators in Vancouver or in that that area. So then they do the aura transformations in the future. And um, I was asked to become an instructor a couple of years ago, and uh, I'm pretty much ready to now start teaching by myself. And the idea is that I come back in a few months' time and can teach the first wave of... um, Um, or mediators in your area so that, you know, it's like a, um, it's not only a beautiful, beautiful way of working with people. It's like, it's got a, you know, it's got like a a safe formula and an end result and an outcome. Mm
0: -hmm. But
2: it it makes it a really beautiful way of working with people. But it also affects the consciousness of communities and towns. Like I know from experience that when I've aura transformed, say, over a hundred people in an area things start shifting and changing in that area you know there's more and more conscious and awake businesses and things shifting and improving for everyone so it does have an amazing um it's just such ripple an incredible effect. Yeah, ripple yeah. effect. yeah
0: and so this is a set protocol developed developed by anna that you train people in and how is that right like it's yes. a set protocol so how long does it take to train in this
2: so to train is actually a very intense, week-long course. And the first thing that happens... So first of all, you have to have your aura transformation. And then you have to wait at least two months before you can do the training. And when you want to do it, it, it feels like a long time to wait. But, you know, it's, it's definitely worth the wait because you want to start crystallizing yourself and go through this process because it can also bring up quite a lot of people. You know, it's like a rapid... Um, working through your stuff rather than taking 20 years to do it you mm-hmm. maybe take 9 months to do it so um, so you do the oral transformation first then you can apply for a course and there's, um, there's quite a bit of reading to do and then the first thing that happens is that each person training will have a 4 hour personal session with the instructor and this is like 10 times as strong as an oral transformation, I couldn't believe it when I first started doing them um, and what we're doing is really making sure that that person, that student, is completely in their own platform of energy and consciousness. It's almost like you become so grounded in yourself and so clear of ancestral and collective stuff that you really, I mean, the aura transmission is powerful, but this is like another level completely. And then there's um, a very hands-on four days of actually doing aura transformations on people. And so they will have to bring a few clients with them and they will be doing aura transformations almost immediately. And obviously with the supervision of the instructor. And so you're learning on the job and you're learning that when you become an aura mediator, your aura becomes the blueprint, the architectural drawing of the crystal and indigo energy structure but your aura is actually kind of doing the work and then you're actually learning how to facilitate the process it's absolutely I've never felt anything like it when you're in that space for a week everyone everyone sees it and feels it that the energy is so clear and crisp and bright it's amazing
0: and what happens if if a person let's say someone's struggling with a chronic illness some sort of disease how does it impact Mm. on the physical level doing this kind of work
2: Um, well just if you can see my before and after pictures it's very much a physical treatment I mean I know we're talking about energy and auras and it seems so out there but actually the whole process of embodying your spirit energy into every cell of the body is physical you can see every cell has sort of upgraded (laughs) on some level so for people that have chronic illnesses obviously we can't claim to heal you know those kind of things but it definitely has a powerful effect on the amount of energy in your body and your ability to hold it in the body so often it helps you also you know it will tap you into your own intuition rather than collective noise you can actually hear your own wisdom and then therefore you're finding the answers that you'd be maybe looking for in terms of why certain things are happening to
0: you Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah. you call this an upgrade of your operating system, which I, I kind of like the, the techie terms <laughs> <laughs> for something that's so woo-woo, really. Um, but what's interesting to me, too, is you say it's permanent. So what I've noticed working with energy is it requires daily hygiene. I'd use the word hygiene, like brushing your teeth. Mm. You don't brush your teeth once, you're constantly checking where is my attention, where's my energy, who have I hooked into. Are you saying with this work that um, when you use the word permanent, that actually once you undergo and go through the process, you're not requiring the same daily vigilance?
2: Um, y- yes and no. There's a several different things to look at there because it, the reason why it's permanent is that you're permanently shifting into the crystal aura structure which is different to the old aura (laughs) and it is slowly where the whole planet will be going eventually it's just uh, people with the old aura will have to do and have a natural death you know and actually go through that process before being able to go into that energy themselves back into crystal energy so it's there is a permanent shift towards that that you can't go back to your old aura but most people wouldn't ever want to because it's you know usually not functioning brilliantly for them anymore
0: mm-hmm.
2: um but the energy hiding side of things is that if you're um you know like let's say you're you've got a bucket of water in, but it's full of holes every day you know you're like really fighting to, to plug those holes every day and that would be what i would have to do when my old oil wasn't functioning anymore but now there's this deep magnetism to the new aura that other people's energy sort of bounces off mm-hmm. and I can naturally keep my energy to myself more but I still need to do a, what we call a balancing which can be done in seconds and it's just checking just working mm-hmm. with that you know like mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just pulling my energy in and I'm just sending other people's energy out and I also work around uh, teaching people how to communicate with their body wisdom in the lens of the element. And the masculine and feminine energy, because every single facet of the crystal energy is balanced in earth, water, fire, and air, and the masculine and feminine energy. That, the crystal energy is balanced energy. It's not just light. It's not mm-hmm. just
0: mm-hmm.
2: Um, an earthy energy. So, um, so there is, it's just not laborious. It's more like, oh, yeah you know like i'm just going to do my little ninja energy work at this yeah. moment and then i'll feel a lot better
0: so it can be lighter and more fun yeah yes so we only have 1 minute left i want our listeners to know oh, wow. <laughs> um i know where they can find you your website and also again you're coming into town may 14th until uh
2: 26th and then my tour carries on to Sedona and Boulder so I'm mm-hmm. like on a little tour after. um so it's four, I arrive on the 13th I have the talk on the 14th and then I'm open to um you know doing personal sessions with people and then I hope to come back several times a year and keep mm-hmm. training the instructor uh, the aura mediators right. in in your area
0: so if people want more information, certainly we've got it up on www.consciouslivingradio.org. And t- Sarah, tell them where they can find you.
2: So my website is www.withsaraj.com, Sarah with an H and just the letter J. And the, there's everything you need to know about aura transformation there. There's the dates, there's how to know what aura you have, there's videos, frequently asked questions. I do have a lot of... Um, Facebook Lives that I've uploaded onto YouTube and my my business is called Dare to Be so it's just if you search Dare to Be Sarah Jennings it should come up and there's a lot there around you know understanding or transformation and the other work I do. I've really appreciated talking to you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we've loved love talking with you. Thank you for calling in. From in the middle of the night. I think you you need to go out in the streets and, I don't know, three o'clock in the morning in Spain just sounds so romantic at this moment, but <laughs> maybe, maybe it's because I'm so I far think, away. <laughs> I think I might go to bed. <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> yeah, it's been there lovely.
2: Just one little thing if people want to have an aura transformation, the main prerequisite is to read Balance on All Levels by Annie Stenoff. That's the, that's the prerequisite for having the session. And Just so you have to. This,
0: this is a full length book we have to read before.
2: There is, it's a full-length book, and I can, if people get in touch with me, I can uh, point out that, you know, you can read maybe, I think, 50 pages of it to be ready, but it's worth reading the whole thing just to get there.
0: Gotcha. Well, I look forward to meeting you. I'll definitely um, connect when you're in town, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you so much. Thank you. We've been speaking Bye. with Sarah Jennings from Spain, soon to be in Vancouver. Join us next week and have a wonderful night. I'm Tasha Sims. And I'm Mark Cron. Good night.
3: I know what I am here for I keep on trotting on my own path Keep on learning from my present and past, yeah When I no longer need validation Cause my story is long and I'm patient I know that I have lessons to learn Keep my eyes open each step I earn, yeah No need for me to feel alone because I got a place that I call home Every single road travel, every single new place I come back home, they accept me with grace eh? When I know that I was meant to be here And I know that I was born into fear But I will stand tall in the lion's den Because I know in my heart I am one of them That there are lies in the facets of everything that we see That are telling us to be safe when no we ever are is free I'm letting go of the things that don't serve me no more Cause I am holy and sacred and righteous and true And I deserve to be here And so do you Said I deserve to be here But I'm in a constant transition, constantly changing vision, story never certain, there is always a revision to be made, when I think about the demons I have slayed, I am not afraid of confrontation in vain, to the people that seek evil, not piece. Dis-